0: The scripture this morning is from John 6, 1 to 15. After this, Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. And a large crowd was following him because they saw the signs he was doing on the sick. Jesus went up on the mountain and there he sat down with his disciples. Now the Passover, the feast of the Jews, was at hand. Lifting up his eyes, then, and seeing that a large crowd was coming towards him, Jesus said to Philip, where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? He said this to test him, for he knew what he would do. Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread would not be enough for each of them to get a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There's a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they for so many? Jesus said, Have the people sit down. Now there was much grass in that place, so the men sat down, about five thousand in number. Then Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated so also the fish, as much as they wanted. And when they had eaten their fill, he told the disciples, gather up the leftover fragments that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up and filled 12 baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten. When the people saw the sign that he had done, they said, this is indeed the prophet who has come into the world Perceiving then that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, Jesus withdrew again to the mountain by himself. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Good morning, church. Good morning, kids, boys and girls. Good morning, boys and girls. Good morning! It's what a joy, what a joy to be here together again. And I can say, even that I am not seeing your fully faces, I can see your eyes. And uh, hopefully, will be open during the sermon. But it is a privilege again to be together as as people of God. And I just remember the Lord brought to my heart Psalm 133 where it says that where the people of God are together, there God is sending eternal life. So for you to know this morning, in this right moment, the Lord is sending eternal life to you and to me. And how how we respond that? The only response is worshiping. The only response is preparing our hearts and receiving what the Lord has, pre- has in store for us this morning. Amen. So let's pray. Thank you, Jesus, for this opportunity we have to be together. Thank you for bringing us here to hear your words Help us, Lord, to see the wonders of your Word. And help us, Lord, to treasure your Word as coming from yourself right now. Make us attentive, Lord. Make us, Lord, to be a good soil that will bring fruit for your glory and for your kingdom. In Jesus' name, we pray amen before we begin with this passage for this morning in the gospel of john we need to remind each other of john's primary purpose in writing this gospel the purpose of john writing this gospel is found in john chapter 20 verses 30 and 31 and i have been repeating this every time that I am preaching from the Gospel of John, because we need to make clear why John wrote all these stories. And the Bible tells us, the Gospel of John tells us in verse 30 and 31, Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples which are not written in this book, but these... The ones who are written in this book are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in His name. This is John's purpose for writing his gospel. And it is the primary purpose for us to meet every Sunday. This is the purpose of our existence as first con in Halifax. This is the purpose of our preaching. The reason for reading these stories regularly is not to learn more about the Bible, or to take five tips to help us to live better, or to listen to a couple of moral lessons we can practice during the week. And then coming the following Sunday and fill out our check- checklist of things Christians do. No, the purpose of being together every Sunday, the purpose of being together today is that we can believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and so that believing, we can have life in His name. Let me tell you something. Believing is a continuous exercise of every Christian. Believing is not once-in-a-lifetime event. Yes, there is a moment when we believe for the first time, where the power of the Holy Spirit opened our eyes to believe who Jesus is. But that is, the, is only the beginning of our journey to eternal life. Believing must be practiced over and over again. Why, you may, you may ask. Why we need to believe every day? Well, because humans tend to forget during difficult times or in the busyness of life who Jesus is what he has done, what he does, and what he will do for us. And this lack of faith, this doubt has been one of the biggest problems of Christians of all time. Even the same disciples who walk With Jesus, who saw the miracles and signs of Jesus, with their own eyes, they suffer from this same problem. But by identifying this problem in his disciples and understanding this problem in all of us, Jesus wants to use this Bible passage to reveal to us, as he did with his disciples, his true identity. And to reveal to us the path of faith to believe in him continually. When we were in school taking chemistry class, we were allowed to do experiments in the lab you remember being in chemistry in chemistry class? Yep, okay. Everything was in a controlled environment. You remember? We were never allowed to be alone without a teacher or an assistant. Well, in my case, there was an assistant specially assigned to me because of a little bit of fire I almost cast in the first class. But that's story for another time. So, this is what is happening here in this passage. In the first four verses, we see the following. We see Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. And then he knew that the multitude was following him. And John explained why the multitude was following. Because they saw the signs and the the, the signs he was doing on the sick. So, Jesus knowing that, he went up on the mountain. And there he sat down with his disciples waiting for the multitude to come to him. Do you see right now what is happening in this passage? Jesus was leading his disciples and the crowd to the most isolated place possible. To the place where they couldn't find stores or towns to buy anything. He is waiting for the multitude to come to the top of a remo- remote mountain to, sh- to his own control environment. Jesus is waiting, his disciples there, as the teacher is waiting for their students to come to his lab. And there, Jesus had a lesson prepared for all of them. So, Jesus uses this occasion to give to to the disciples what we can call a midterm. Do you have, before at school, midterms? All of us, right? They had been with Jesus for two years and heard all his amazing teachings. They had seen the mighty power of God demonstrated through Jesus again and again. And they had, they had themselves been sent out by Jesus to do the same miracles around Israel. So now Jesus decides to test their faith. It's a midterm. And according to this account, Jesus chose to start with Philip. And if you read with me, in verses 5 and 7, says, lifting up his eyes then, and seeing that the large crowd was coming toward him, Jesus said to Philip, where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? He said this to test him. For he himself knew what he would do. And Philip answered him, 200 denarii, denarii, let's say $200 worth of bread would not be enough for each of them to get a little. This question that Jesus asked Philip It's a question that he could ask you or me today. Where are we going to find bread for these people? Jesus knew what to do. But he asked the question to expand the disciples' spiritual understanding of who he was. His power, and His sufficiency. This understanding understanding would help them see life circumstances through a different lens. And let me tell you something. In the disciples' response, we will see a little bit of ourselves. Don't you think? When Jesus asked Philip, where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? Philip really did not answer the question but reply with statistics. For those who love numbers, that was the response of Philip. 200 denarii would not be enough to feed the crowd. His answer Reveal, reveal his real problem. And his problem was that he reduced everything to numbers and to money. Do you see a little bit of Philip now in in yourself? He needed to have security before jumping into Jesus' plans. Yes, that was our brother Philip. The same Philip in another in another occasion asked Jesus this shows us the Father. And it is enough for us. Do you see why Jesus chose Philip in this occasion? Philip required evidence in order to trust Jesus. Philip required evidence in order to trust Jesus. So Jesus is teaching Philip and Jesus is asking us the same thing here. To toss our calculator out and a step out in faith and in obedience. But you see, this was Philip. But then the next disciple came and this was Andrew. And we see that in verses 8 and 9. And one of his disciples, if you read there with me, verses 8 and 9, and one of his disciples, Andrew, Peter, Simon Peter's brother said to him, There is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish. But what are they for so, for so many? In my country, we will call this the same monkey, the same monkey with a different tail. Both of them were saying the same to Jesus. They were saying to Jesus that feeding the 5,000 plus was impossible. The disciples' problem. Disciples' problem was that they had grossly underestimated their wealth. They thought all they had was five loaves and two fish. And you may ask, what was wrong with that? That is the reality. They were just being realistic. They are saying... The cruel and the real truth. Five and two. But you see, they have been with Jesus for two years by now. They had seen, they had seen water change into wine. A miracle similar to the one needed in this situation. They had seen the noblesman's son heal from a distance. Jesus had healed a person with paralysis laying by the pool of Bethesda. but why they didn't understand what Jesus could do in this similar situation. The reason is because they forgot who Jesus was and what he could do. They, as, as similar to us, had short memory. That was their problem. And very often, is the root of our problems as well. The philosopher Thomas Carlyle once said, men are like the gods they serve. Men are like the gods they serve. We live our lives according to the concept of the God to whom we bow. When a problem arises, we look to money to solve it. When difficulties come our way, we look for people of influence to help us. We respond like Philip. When troubles come, we begin begin to think of committees, fundraising, organizations, we use very impressive sounding words. We have to set our goals. Or we use, we must understand the parameters of our situation to solve this problem. And I'm not saying these are wrong things to do. What I am saying is, where we run first, Where we run first is where we have our faith. Where we run first is where we have our faith. If our faith is not in Jesus and only in him he is not the God we serve because all these God all these good things that we can be doing are nothing compared to Jesus Christ the son of God and his power so the question remains where are we going to find food for these people and the answer is is in the following verses. The answer is at the hands of Jesus. This is the lesson Jesus had prepared for his disciples at the top of the mountain. In verse 10 to 13, we read, Jesus said, have the people sit down. Now, there was much grass in the place. So the men sat down, about 5,000 in number. And Jesus took the loaves. And when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated. So also the fish, as much as they wanted. And when they had eaten their field, he told his disciples, Disciples gather up the leftover fragments that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up and filled themselves them, and filled twelve baskets with fragments from the five burly loaves left by those who had eaten. The solution for these. Problem came in a miraculous display of Jesus Christ's power. Let me tell you something. This miracle was the most public of all the miracles and is recorded in the four gospels. The only event that is recorded in the other four Gospels is when Jesus died and his resurrection. But the other event that is recorded in all the four, gosp- four Gospels is this event. This was a massive display of Jesus' power. Interestingly, burly bread was poor people's bread. Barley bread thank you darling. Barley bread was poor people bread. Poor's people bread. Poor. The cheapest of all breads. Why would Jesus use this food? He wanted his disciples. To see that no matter what they had in their hands, even the tiniest or most insignificant thing, if they really gave it to him and believed in him, he could use it. And pay attention to this. Little is much when God is Do you believe that? Little is much when God is in it. Let me tell you something. It can be hard to give God our few pieces of bread and fish. It is very difficult to give God the pieces of what we have to offer, don't you think? We want to give our best all the time. But Jesus is not interested in our best. If we are eloquent, it is easy to say, God, here is my eloquence. Take it and use it. It's very easy, right? Or if we are good in business... We can easily say, "God, you can have my administ- administrative skills. Use it." But to give God our weaknesses is not that easy. But that is exactly that is exactly what Jesus is asking us to do so that we can see Jesus in ask- in action multiplying the little thing that we can offer to him. So don't be afraid when Jesus is asking you to give him your little because that is when Jesus wants to display his full power in you. That is when Jesus wants to use his full power in you The Christian life is incomplete and very secular if we do not believe Jesus continually. This is the purpose of this Bible passage. Jesus uses circumstances and our weaknesses to point us to himself and to help us grow in our faith that is what is happening in this passage the disciples saw the miracles of Jesus and they rejoiced seeing how from out of Jesus' hand they feed 5,000 people let me close with this There is another group here that we need to talk a little bit. There is another response when we see this passage. In verses 14 and 15, we read, when the people saw the miracle, they were about to come and take Jesus by force to make him king. This is the other response. The multitude, the multitude was not ready to follow Jesus. They were not prepared to believe him as Jesus, the Christ, as the Son of God, as the Messiah. They wanted to use Jesus to work for them like a genie in a bottle. Jesus, I need this. Jesus, I need that. They saw in Jesus the possibility of an earthly human king, one who could provide good food for their hunger, healing for their sicknesses, deliverance from their trial. They were looking for a king to defeat the Roman Empire. And of course, of course, Jesus is available and willing to help us in our earthly needs, in our earthly complications here in life. But the problem with the crowd was that their desire for earthly and momentary satisfaction was just in this moment and now. They thought about the physical temporary needs while Jesus' concern is primarily in our spiritual need. Later, in the same chapter, Jesus told the multitude in verses 26 and 27, Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw signs because the signs points to me and you are believing that I am the Son of God no you are coming to me because you ate your fill of the loaves but Jesus told him do not work for the food that perishes but for the food that endures to eternal life which AND THIS IS THE KEY OF ALL THIS. WHICH THE SON OF MAN WILL GIVE TO YOU. THE ONLY ONE WHO MEETS OUR DEEPEST NEED IS THE SON OF MAN, JESUS CHRIST. THE ONLY ONE WHO who meets the need of forgiveness is Jesus Christ. The only one who meets the need of a Savior is Jesus Christ. The only one who meets the need of a reconciliation with God, the Father, is Jesus Christ. Our biggest need is fulfilled by believing who Jesus is. Not just one time, but every day. Because every day we have the temptation to doubt him. Our biggest need is fulfilled by believing who Jesus is and turning away our eyes from temporary things and growing in our knowledge of Him daily. That is why John wrote this story in his Gospel. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for teaching us, Lord. You are, Lord, the only one who can meet our deepest need. And thank you, Lord, for coming and showing us who you are so that we may believe in you AND TRUSTING YOU AND FOLLOWING YOU IN OBEDIENCE DAY BY DAY. AMEN. AND NOW, LET'S COME TO THE LORD'S TABLE. DEAR BROTHERS AND SISTERS, Listen to the inviting words of the Lord to his children. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest.